Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. Would you pray with me as we move into this part of our worship's experience? Oh Lord, our God, open our hearts so that we are in a posture of being able to worship more fully and understanding what that means deeper into our lives, deeper into our families, out of this place and into our homes and onto the streets of this world. In your name we pray, amen. A few months back, I was in the school supply aisle at Target, and I saw it there, a six by four end cap in all of its red and green and sparkly goodness. It was a Christmas holiday end cap during school supply season, so like August. Christmas had taken a foothold in the store at the form of an end cap. And I recall as soon as the Halloween stuff came up, that end cap became an entire aisle. And soon that entire aisle became the whole store, not soon after the Halloween decorations had been taken down. Thanksgiving? What? Was that a holiday that happened? I don't know if I saw any orange or brown leaves anywhere. Maybe they just took up an end cap also. You see, Christmas took up the whole store very early on, and very early on, Christmas took a hold of our lives. And maybe you were pushing it back as long as you possibly could. But Christmas really does last several months long here in America. But preparing for Christmas simply isn't about tuning your ears to the Christmas music or donning that new Christmas sweater or surviving on Thanksgiving leftovers or getting an early start on your Christmas cards. The season of Advent, these four weeks, it's about watchful waiting and anticipation. It's about growing Anticipation. It's about preparing our hearts and our minds and our bodies in some sort of a different posture of receiving Christ this Christmas. Now, aside from picking out the best Christmas present that you could give at your office holiday party, this is a different kind of preparation, isn't it? Our scripture for today guides us in a different mindset of what it means to prepare for Christ. And so let's look at it today. Travel with me back to Jerusalem. The year is AD 58, nearly 36 years after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. And many Christians believed at that time that Jesus was going to return, like soon, like in their lifetime soon. And they were still waiting and hoping and praying. So here we find ourselves in today's scripture. The first words are stand up. So I'm going to invite you during this gospel reading to stand up. Now when these things began to take place, stand up and raise your heads because the redemption is drawing near. Then he, Jesus, told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all of the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already here. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. 
Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all of the things have taken a place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighted down in dissipation and drunkenness of the worries of this life and that the day catch you unexpectedly like a trap for it will come upon all who live in the face of the whole earth. So people, church, be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all of these things that will take place and to stand before the son of man. And after the scripture is read, people say in response, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. For ancient Israelites, life had been difficult. Once Pontius Pilate retired from being governor, the people hoped, hoped that life would improve. And there was a several-year door that was revolving of bad Roman Empire after bad Roman Empire. Amidst all of this, those who named Jesus as their Lord, those who still met together to break the bread and worship his name and teach one another the stories of what he had said and what he had done, and they were pulled and pushed this way and that. Those gatherers came together much like we do today. The spreading of the gospel was going all over the place. Great results were happening. So many believed. Now, there was a little bit of a caveat because some felt like they were skeptical about Christianity spreading because it got a little convoluted. The things like Gentiles were claiming that they didn't need to follow all of the Jewish laws in order to become Christian, that sort of thing was ruffling the feathers of those ancient Israelites. And no doubt, they got prodded. As they met together as a community, right when they walked out the steps of the church, they were met by the civilization. They were prodded. So when is this Jesus that you guys are worshiping going to come? After all, you said it was soon, right? Also, they said it with a little bit of hope. This Messiah, right? He's coming. (laughs) A little disbelief also. Hurry up. We want this Roman Empire to not be taking over our lives anymore. When is this Jesus coming? This hope was in their frustration. This hope was in their anticipation. This hope was in every being of themselves. If Jesus was the Messiah, why had nothing happened since he promised us that he would return? And all they could do was reply back. We meet to worship our Lord. Jesus' presence is so very real when we are in the midst of making our lives reach out and touch him. They could answer and say that they had been told to be patient. 30 years is a long time. It's a lot of patience. And they found lots of comfort in retelling the stories of what Jesus had told them and reliving those moments These passages reminded them to hang on, to be alert, and to be open with their eyes. Sometimes that meant physically, and sometimes that meant spiritually. And pray for that strength whenever the time might come. The Son of Man would indeed be proven. And when He is, our scripture reminds us to be on our feet, ready to go. 
Now, you might be thinking this is a Christmas passage. This scripture doesn't mention anything about Christmas, and it certainly doesn't mention anything about Advent. Advent actually didn't come around until the 5th century. But it begs the question, shouldn't Advent be all year long? Shouldn't Advent be all year long? And I'm not talking about Christmas taking up an entire aisle or an entire section of a store. The anticipation and the watchfulness of Christ's return is honed in during Advent. And it should be our posture of anticipation and waiting every day as our Lord and Savior is present in our lives. So what does this look like? In our passage, it's quick. If you blink, you might have missed it. The image is reproduced over and over again in our scriptures, and the Pauline letters take hold of it also, this image of a tree bearing fruit. A tree bearing leaves and a tree bearing fruit. What does that mean? This agricultural society would have seen it, but you guys have seen it too. You know what it's like for a tree to look dead or a tree to look alive. And you get excited in the spring when you see flowers almost budding and you see the leaves. You know what it's like. And Jesus uses this fig tree. And then it also says other trees. So that could be Christmas tree mentioned in the Bible. I'm not going to say anything. But nonetheless, he says that there are fig trees and other trees. And you notice that the health of a tree is noticed by the leaves. Growing up, we got actual Christmas trees at our house. Do you all have this controversy in your house also about whether you get a real tree or a fake tree? Yeah. But my family made the decision to have the real tree every year growing up, and it was very specific, right? You needed to get a fresh cut, so that, and you couldn't get it too early before Christmas. Like, you don't probably have your real tree yet. Maybe, maybe they've come up with some science now to make them continue and last longer. But you get the fresh cut only a couple of weeks before, and it was my job growing up to make sure that I checked the leaves and I checked the water to make sure that it had enough. And the, the, the amount of conversations that I had at my house about how thirsty the tree was were a little bit on the numeration. And I kind of fell into this vocation now working at a church. I can't pass by a poinsettia without finding out, uh, you know, just checking the leaf really quick, just checking the soil, seeing how it is. Because I don't want them to die or pass away. Because we know that the health of the leaves, the health of the, the flowers... That is a sign of health. It's a sign that it is healthy. And in the same way, Jesus is using this image of the inner being and part of it being outward. And he transfers that to people. Of course, we care about the health of a tree, but really it's about the health of people. And so... This idea that you would be healthy is something that is not only in this scripture, but many other scriptures. Jesus uses this fig tree, but the Apostle Paul also uses it. Perhaps this is a familiar scripture passage, the fruit of the Spirit. You can see that there is fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the people, fruit coming from people when there is love, when there is joy, when there is peace when there is patience, when there is kindness, when there is goodness, when there is gentleness, 
generosity, and self-control. When people are exhibiting these fruits, that is when the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is at hand when this fruit is born upon people, and we can begin to recognize that, my friend. You see, the scripture passage, sure, it is apocalyptic and end times descripting in some way, shape, or form, but it's not so distant, my friends. It is here. It is presence. And when the kingdom of God is present and at hand, which it is, there is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, gentleness, generosity, and self-control. And my friends, it is here. The kingdom of God is here. It is not simply us sitting on our hands, staring at the God that we worship. It is here and present now. I see the healthy leaves. I see the fruit that is born. And likewise, we should be alert of the unhealthy around us. Like when we hear the news of school-wide emails of tragedy and loss, the reason for Facebook statuses to be folks sending thoughts and prayers in a certain direction, those extra precautions that we have at the airport, or even increased police support around concerts and large social gatherings. The news is littered with unhealthy leaves, and it is disconcerting. But we know what health and growth is. And we know what posture we should be in during all of the seasons of our lives so that we can look for the health, look for the growth, and be cultivating that within one another. The kingdom of God is revealed in the leaves, and it is a sign of future fruit. And I am grateful to have a chance to be with you all each week because we do come together. And in the name of Jesus we come together. We break bread together. We worship our Lord. We teach one another the stories, and we encourage one another. And even though we are pulled and pushed in different ways, we are with one another. We encourage growth within one another. And your health is important to me, to one another, to the person sitting next to you. And my friends, this is the posture of anticipation and waiting that we are called to do each and every day of our lives. We are pushed to worship God fully, not just during the season of Advent, not simply even on Sunday mornings, but we beg you the question of what it means to worship God fully to be in anticipation and waiting for Christ to come and return each and every second of your day. And siblings in Christ, I am grateful that we get to do life together in this season and always. Amen.